Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Today is Monday, January 11th, and we are three days away from the Boston Bruins season opener against the New Jersey Devils. Two days away from the actual NHL openers, which are set for Wednesday night with uh, about five games, I believe. Very exciting, despite the fact there are some training camps around the league that are being clearly affected by COVID-19. For the Bruins, seems as though they've been relatively uh, free from that for the moment. And today on the podcast, take a look at the opening night roster that continues to come into shape and kind of what we can expect over the final few days of training camp. Now, before we get to all that, let me remind you that the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, wherever you get your podcasts. Please do subscribe. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. I should say last Thursday, I believe, was the highest single day in the history of the podcast for downloads. So all of you who took some time to download my chat with Connor Ryan or any other episode that day, uh, thank you so much for doing so. If you're on social media, you can find the podcast at LO underscore Boston Bruins on Twitter, on Instagram at Locked on Boston Bruins, and I can be found on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. For those of you who are new, lifelong Bruins fan, been writing about hockey for about 15 years now, covered hockey full-time as a news editor for The Score back a few years ago, and now digital marketing by day, virtual learning as well, and also hosting this daily podcast, and I'm very excited to do so. Now, over the weekend, we got a bit more clarity about what the opening night roster is going to look like. Back last week, I made my best predictions, and it seems to be coming to fruition. On Sunday, there were two main groups for practice, Group A and Group B, and head coach Bruce Cassidy said the Group A is what likely will reflect the opening night roster. The second group was comprised of players likely to start the year in Providence or the newly formed taxi squad. Cassidy said, we did want to get down to more of what our group would look like, work with four lines, eight defensemen, sprinkle a couple extra forwards in because that's typically what our roster looks like. He said, we're going to meet here and discuss some things. It's getting close to the roster finality. They're thinking of scrimmaging here on Monday and a last look at the some, some of the guys that weren't in that first group who might warrant some extra consideration. So what did that first group look like? We had Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and Jack Stanika on the top line. That's been true since the beginning of training camp, and it really does look like Stanika will get the opportunity to fill in for Pasternak, who will miss about a month of the season as he continues to recover from surgery. 
I should mention Brad Marchand did leave practice early on Sunday and did not return. He too had off-season surgery on a hernia. Bruce Cassidy did not believe the injury to be serious. He said Brad went and got treatment. He went and saw him after. He'll be a morning time decision for the scrimmage. And that'll be based on how he feels. It's obviously not serious, but if he misses a day when he feels he should be out there, it's something they'll keep an eye on. So, uh, yeah, we'll see here today whether or not he participates in that scrimmage. I would hope that they kind of err on the side of caution. But if he's good to go, that, I guess, would also be uh, good news. On the second line, we had Jake DeBrusque with David Krejci and Andre Kasha, as expected. Par Lindholm did take some rushes in place of DeBrusque at times, but that trio uh, appears to be intact as the second line. The third line, we had Charlie Coyle centering Nick Ritchie and Craig Smith. That's a trio that's been together pretty much since the beginning of camp as well, and it looks like that will stick come opening night. On the fourth line, we had Sean Corrali with Chris Wagner on his right, and then Anders Bjork and Trent Frederick flipping in and out there. That's probably one of the big battles that remains to be determined who will take that fourth line spot will it be Anders Bjork who's said to have muscled up a bit over the summer and could handle more of that checking responsibility while also being able to score a bit or do they want Trent Frederick in there with all these rivalry games coming up that bruising physical presence that not afraid to drop the gloves if necessary uh, kind of that more traditional enforcer rule on defense, things are pretty much as they have been. Jeremy Lozon skating with Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick alongside Brandon Carlo, Jacobs Borrell with Kevin Miller as the third pair. That appears to be what we'll see on opening night as the top six. John Moore, Connor Clifton skated on the fourth pair, um, and they could be inserted into the lineup if perhaps Miller is not quite ready to go or Borrell falters a bit here in the latter stages of training camp. Bruce Cassidy said that it's likely that Tuka Rask will start two of the three games on the opening road trip, and Yaroslav Halak will get the other. The exact order of that is yet to be determined, but those two goalies, of course, were the two goalies in Group A. So who are the guys in Group B that are on the bubble for either the taxi squad or Providence assignment? We had Matt Felipe, Greg McKaig and Zach Sinitian skating together with Paul Carey, Cameron Hughes, Oscar Steen, and Robert Lantosi, the other forwards. Yerho Vakanainen and Steve Kampfer, as well as Nick Wolf and Jack Aiken were the defensive pairings, and then Dan Vladder, Jeremy Swayman, Callum Booth as the goaltenders. So, yeah, it really seems as though Zach Sinitian destined for Providence once again. Greg McKaig could be a taxi squad guy. Actually, so could Sinitian. Let's be honest. Sinitian, McKeg, I could see them being taxi squad forwards with Felipe, Carey, Hughes, Steen, and Lantosi heading back to Providence. I would expect Vakaninen and Kampfer will be taxi squad guys with Wolf and Aiken going back to Providence. And then a decision needs to be made in net whether they'll keep Vladder up as the third goalie and have Swayman and Booth down in Providence with, I would assume, Swayman taking the lion's share of starts. Or you keep up a guy like Booth, who they're not really committed to long-term, and have uh, Vladder and Swayman 
splitting time in the AHL. So those are the big decisions to be made, I think. Uh, McKaig, Sinishin, likely to be taxi-squatted, although it could be argued that Sinishin would be well-suited for Providence to get some regular playing time. I don't know if it's in the club's best interest to have him inactive on the taxi squad. And then on defense, Vakanine and Kampfer likely sticking up as well. Um, but that, of course, is yet to be determined. And yeah, Monday scrimmage with final roster decisions to be made in advance of Thursday's game against the New Jersey Devils. I should mention, following that, they are slated to play on Saturday again against the Devils in New Jersey. And then they will play the New York Islanders on Monday, January 18th. So that's kind of what's coming up on the schedule for the Bruins before they begin their home side of the schedule with four games against uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh to each respectively, both at home. But we'll get to that next week, of course. Before we move on, let me talk for a moment about betonline.ag. It's an exciting new partnership that we have here on the Locked On network and betonline.ag is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust for all your betting needs sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit you can visit them as well on social media at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. Use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Speaking of betting, we also have a new podcast on the network, Locked On Bets, and they can help you remove all the guessing that comes with wagering on sports. It's a podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. As I mentioned earlier, we are two days out from the beginning of the season on Wednesday East Division teams will begin play Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia. Then we'll have Montreal-Toronto, Chicago-Tampa Bay, Vancouver-Edmonton, and St. Louis versus Colorado. My plan for the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast this season is to have regular segments each day of the week. And on Mondays, we will do some East Division power rankings. That's the mass mutual east division i should say so i thought just to begin this week we'll take a look back at how these teams fared and kind of just rank them from the bottom up based on last season's uh, results so at the bottom we'd have the new jersey devils they played 69 games last season 28 29 and 12 for 68 points a minus 41 goal differential uh, they do have some talented young players in, you know, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, um, P.K. Subban looks like he has a chip on his shoulder. They do have Mackenzie Blackwood in net. Corey Crawford was brought in to help stabilize that position, but he announced his retirement. Um, so I do expect the New Jersey Devils will be in the bottom four again this season and not really challenging for a playoff spot. 
The Buffalo Sabres come in next. They also played 69 games. They had 30 wins, 31 losses, and 8 overtime or shootout losses. Minus 22 goal differential. Now what's interesting is they had been scheduled to play the Montreal Canadiens right before the COVID-19 shutdown. And if they had won that game, they would have been in the mix uh, as a bubble playoff team for the qualifying round ahead of the Canadians, who, of course, went on to advance to the actual playoffs. Uh, the Sabres, they did add Taylor Hall in the offseason, which was quite a surprise. So he and Jack Eichel will form you know, one of the NHL's most entertaining duos at the very least. They have Rasmus Dahlin on the blue line who's set to break out. Uh, they do have some players, but again, until the Sabres actually do something, they, to me, will always be on the outside looking in. And um, I would expect that they, too, would not be a playoff team this season. It gets a bit interesting when we move upwards. We have the New York Rangers, who last season had a record of 37, 28, and 5, 79 points, a plus 12 goal differential. And they, um, you know, I picked them last season to perhaps surprise in the playoff bubble and to make a bit of a run. They lost to the Hurricanes in the qualifying round. And, of course, the Bruins went on to beat the Hurricanes in the first round. They added Alex Lafreniere. They still have Artemi Panarin, who was a MVP finalist last season. Capo Keiko, who disappointed as a rookie, is still there. Mika Zibanejad broke out last season. So they do have some very good pieces in place. They have Igor Shosturkin, who could um, emerge as a bona fide NHL starter with Alex Georgiev sitting there as a backup who could be a starter as well. Uh, so this is a very much a team on the rise, and they should challenge potentially for a playoff spot, but I still have them outside of the top four, as well as the New York Islanders, who last season advanced to the Eastern Conference Final against the Tampa Bay Lightning, despite having a negative goal differential in the regular season. 35, 23, and 10 record through 68 games. Uh, they, to me, are always a team that defies expectations and always somehow seems to sneak in. Uh, they did get a deal done with Matt Barzell, which is huge. But they, to me, again, are a bit of smoke and mirrors. And I would expect them, I think, to be below the Rangers in the standings. So if I'm ranking the bottom four at the moment, I'd still put New Jersey... At 8, Buffalo 7, maybe even Buffalo actually ahead of the Islanders. I'm going to go and make a bold claim and say it'll be the Devils at the bottom in 8, the Islanders in 7th, the Sabres in 6th, the Rangers in 5th is how I'm going to seed those teams at the moment. I think there's a clear divide between the top 4 and the bottom 4, however, and the top 4 of... Pittsburgh, Washington, Philadelphia, and Boston are my playoff teams in the East Division. If there would be any surprise here, it could be Pittsburgh falling out and maybe the Rangers jumping up, but I don't expect that to happen. Uh, the Rangers last season, 40-23-6, the plus-28 goal differential. Uh, they were uh, one of the top teams 
in the Metropolitan Division in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, as long as Crosby and Malkin are still there playing at a high level, they should be, you know, obviously in the mix as a playoff team. Uh, they haven't really done much in the playoffs the last couple of years, but there's still enough there to uh, get by, I think. Their one question mark is perhaps, um, you know, having traded Matt Murray to the Ottawa Senators, they're really riding on Tristan Jari and counting on him being a bona fide starter. So that could be a bit of a question mark. Uh, but again, Crosby, Malkin, uh, J- they have Jake Gensel there. Uh, Jason Zucker was brought in. He should stabilize the forward core, and I think they'll still be okay. The Philadelphia Flyers are there as the team that, you know, kind of stole the Bruins' top seed last season in the bubble. They were coming on very strong prior to the COVID-19 break. They have a great mix of veteran talent in Claude Giroux, Jacob Voracek, with some emerging stars in um, Travis Konechny, Joel Farabee, Oscar Lindblom's a great story, Sean Couturier is the reigning Selkie Trophy winner, and they finally have a stable, long-term, high-end goaltender in Carter Hart. So they should very much be in the mix as well. And um, yeah, I think they could finish as high as second, to be honest. The Washington Capitals are still there at the top as well. They finished atop the Metro Division in the regular season with a record of 41-20-8 and for 90 points, one ahead of the Flyers. Um... And, you know, of course, they brought in Zidane Chara to help stabilize the blue line. They brought in Justin Schultz. Uh, they still have uh, Alex Ovechkin, who is the reigning co-Rocket Richard Trophy winner alongside David Pasternak and um, Nick Backstrom, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Still a very stacked and loaded team. They did lose Braden Holtby. And they will be counting on Ilya Samsonov to take the next step as an NHL starter. Henrik Lundqvist had been brought in to help stabilize that. But similar to the New Jersey Devils situation, he was forced to take at least a year off after having open heart surgery just last week. And I believe Craig Anderson is in camp from the Ottawa Senators to uh, push for the backup position there. I'm going to give our Bruins the edge as the reigning President's Trophy winners, 44-14-12 last season, the only team in the NHL to reach 100 points. The only team in the East to come close was the Lightning. They had 92 points. They, of course, will be a quote-unquote Western Conference team this season over in the Central Division. Actually, I think the teams will be reseeded once they emerge from the division, so it could be, um, yeah, whoever comes out of the East playing a central team, playing the North team, or playing a team from out West. So that will be very interesting, a new wrinkle this year. But the Bruins, one of the things that really helped them from the loss in the Stanley Cup final in 2019 to getting off to a good start last season was roster continuity. I think they will be hit a bit by that this year with some big changes on the blue line, but um, for up front, they're pretty stable and have added Craig Smith to the third line, and they should have 
arguably one of the best third lines league-wide, I would think, with Coyle and Smith alongside either Richie or Bjork, whoever really steps up and takes that uh, line. So the Bruins, I think, are well-positioned to finish certainly in the top four in the Eastern Division and certainly as well challenge for the top spot based on last season's results. They finished first, 100 points, top goal differential with plus 53. Now again, the losses of Chara and Krug could really hurt that, and that could be the difference between finishing first or second, third, fourth, but still I do think they are a playoff team and should uh, be in the top four in this East Division. So just ranking at the moment, I'll put Boston, Philadelphia, Washington, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, Sabres, Islanders, and Devils. Let me know what you think at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Agree or disagree with these preliminary East Division power rankings. Let's talk for a moment about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Comes in 18 amazing flavors, nut and non-nut. Each is gluten-free and covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. But it's not just a delicious treat. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this amazing treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for people on the keto diet. As one example, here's the flavor profile for the peanut butter Built Bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. They're great for me as someone with celiac, just a great snack that I could eat, you know, as a lunch replacement or in the afternoon to help me get through the rest of the day. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. As a quick reminder, it's not too late to listen to the Locked On NHL season preview series on the Locked On NHL podcast. Get intel on all 31 NHL teams, as well as the fantasy waiver wire ads from Locked On fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of fantasy hockey, I had a salary cap keeper league draft last night. I was very happy to be able to pick up Matt Grizzlick. I also have Charlie McAvoy on that roster, so insurance for whoever gets PP one time. I also grabbed Jeremy Swayman as kind of a long-term investment. And uh, yeah, really happy with the team I was able to pick. I had the fifth pick. We do pretty much select prospects mainly in the draft, so I was able to grab... Cole Perfetti, Seth Jarvis, Kalen Addison, uh, Brogan Rafferty, Maxime Comtois, uh, among others. So really uh, excited for fantasy hockey season to begin as well. I'm in a league with some other Bruins people that Court Lalonde set up, and uh, really excited about that one as well, even though I had to pick some guys maybe uh, I didn't love personally as a Bruins fan, such as Austin Matthews. Azam Kadri, Brendan Gallagher, but you know, you just got to do what you got to do in fantasy in order to get that W. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. And one of the big storylines to watch this week is how COVID-19 continues to affect training camps and practices. 
The Dallas Stars remain sidelined by a COVID-19 outbreak among six players and two staff members. They last practiced on Wednesday, and their regular season schedule has been revised with their season opener now slated for the 19th. They were supposed to start the season with a couple games against the Florida Panthers, and those have been uh, postponed for the time being. The Vancouver Canucks resume will resume practice here on Monday after canceling activities on Sunday as a precautionary measure due to potential COVID-19 exposure. I believe now there are five clubs who have taken this step. The Canucks are the first of the Canadian teams. The Blue Jackets, uh, Penguins, Stars also affected. And I think there was one other team, but I can't really remember off the top of my head. But um, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on as the um, regular season approaches. The NHL did not build much of a buffer into their schedule in terms of uh, postponements and delays. Uh, So if there is a huge outbreak among a team, it could really affect the, um, the season and how things play out. A reminder from Cat Friendly in terms of what you can expect over the next few days. Here on Monday, it's the final chance for clubs to place players on waivers and have them clear prior to the submission of opening day rosters. A notable name was placed on waivers on Sunday, and that was Josh Hosang of the New York Islanders. Very talented player who should be getting a chance at the NHL level. And uh, I would hope that he is claimed today and saved from the mismanagement of that team. Um, Tomorrow, on Tuesday, training camps will close. Opening day rosters are due and teams have to be cap compliant. And on Wednesday, of course, the season starts. Taxi squads also begin tomorrow. And that is teams must loan four to six players to their taxi squad. Every team must have a minimum of three goalies between their active roster and the taxi squad. Waivers are required to be loaned to the taxi squad unless the player is waiver exempt. As I mentioned earlier, the Bruins taxi squad I would expect to be made up of the likes of Greg McKaig, Zach Sinitian, Yerho Vakaninen, Stephen Kampfer at the very least, and then the goalie decision will be big as well. Do they keep Callum Booth up and send Vladder and Swayman back to the AHL, or do they keep Vladder up as the you know third goalie on the depth chart and uh, have Booth and Swayman locking things down for the Providence Bruins with uh, you know Swayman kind of getting the lion's share of starts as the goalie of the future. Really interesting thing to to keep an eye on for sure. That's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen. And I'm very excited to get hockey going this week. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow, of course. So please do subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And uh, yeah, on tomorrow's podcast, I'll reveal what the regular Tuesday segment will be this season. I hope you all have a great Monday. It's crazy out there in this world right now. And I hope that this podcast can provide a bit of a distraction to those of you who love talking about the Boston Bruins as much as I do. Take care, friends, and we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Yeah, thanks again so much for listening. Peace.